You are listening to the Authentic Mama, Amy Mulder. We're talking about the truth that we are raising men here, not boys. Little boys are precious. They hug you, and then they go pee in the corner. But one day they will all grow up. So join me as I talk about this journey and the goal and the mission of raising men who don't pee in the corner anymore. Join me here on the Authentic Mama podcast. Welcome to the Authentic Mama podcast. This is Amy Mulder. And today we're talking about a topic that is so important that we are raising men here, not boys. So if you have daughters and not sons like me, I encourage you to listen because I just want to let you know that a lot of the moms of boys are trying to make sure we're raising men and not little boys that future wives and partners will have to take care of. But what I also want to let you know is this is something that's crucial for me to talk about. It's a lifelong journey for me to train the boys that God has given me to become men, to become godly men, holy men, and men of substance. And also men are of things of the Lord that seek first the kingdom of God and all the, all his righteousness. And then I just know that I can't control it. I have huge expectations that, and I may be disappointed. So how do I, as the mom of this crew of testosterone, as the only lady in the land of penises, how do I raise men, not boys? Because I think it's got to be more than just making sure they're not jerks. We're going to try to raise them to be kind, good human beings. But it's got to be so much more than that. I had three kids under four in 2010. So right after Tucker was born, Ford had just turned four and Cooper was not yet two. And I had decided we were going to go to the library for story time. I was meeting my friend, Becky, and we were going to go to the library. Now, she had kids the exact same ages as mine. They were they're almost exactly to the day or maybe a month or two. She has one boy who is the oldest, and two girls. And so I thought this would be great. We'll go to library story time, and then we can go to a park. It'll be this fun family, like, let's play day. And it's story time. I love to read to the boys. I think books are amazing. Going to the library, your public library has so much in the world for you to do when you have little kids. So we go to the Norton Shores Library. There's There was this nice little alcove then. Now they have, like, a whole market that's, like, a children's museum, which is amazing, but this was before that happened. And I sit down with the baby on my hip, and then there's the four-year-old and the two-year-old. And so I get there, and we have a little bit of time. So Cooper and Ford are kind of running around a little bit, but then we get settled, and it's story time. And the, the librarian chose one of my favorite books. I don't remember what it was, but I was so excited that I get to experience story time. My friend is there, like, I am winning at mommying right now. I am winning. I am doing fantastic. And then story time started and Cooper climbed up my back, sat on my face, ran all the way down my, and Ford started using my foot as like some game he was doing and he was making like noises. 
And I mean, they climbed on me. They, they messed up my hair. They touched every part of me. Plus I have this baby on my hip. By the end of the, a very reasonable 20 minute story time, I was absolutely exhausted because I had experienced like becoming the, the toy of my children. And my friend with the one boy and the two girls, they were all just sitting there and they're all just listening to the story. Nobody was touching each other. And the little girls were like, oh, mommy. And it looked like the library catalog for storytime picture. And here I was exhausted. So when my friend was like, Amy, are we going to the park? I'm like, literally, I need a nap. No, we are not going to the park. And I realized that when you have boys, they are different than when you have little girls. Now, I I believe as a pastor in the Church of the Nazarene and as a Christian mom, I believe that we're created with, with gender, that we're created boy, male, and female. I think I think my boys are hyper, hyper in activity. They're like us. They're adventuresome. They climb every mountain. And I don't know what it would be like if I had a little girl, if she would be the same way. I don't know what that would be like. But I just want to let you know that Devin and I sat down when we realized we had three boys that would be young men. We decided to make a plan so that they would be the best men they could be. There just is a difference with how little boys experience the world and with how little girls do. I think a little girl um, is is maybe more hesitant. And I was always just trying to make sure that Cooper did not run out into traffic. Because little boys do not think, what would happen if I do that? Not any that I really know. They're kind of like, let's see. I remember it was a big snowy day and the boys were a little, nope, six. And Ford was eight and Tucker was four. They were playing outside in the snow. And I came in to get a glove or something. And I and I walked right back outside in our backyard. And there was Cooper on top of our tree house, which is very high in the sky. And he was on top of the roof. And he just thought it would be a great idea idea to um, see if he could jump down from the roof of the treehouse into the piles of snow. And I just said, what are you doing? What are you thinking? Get down from there. I don't want you to hurt yourself. And I could tell on his face that had never occurred to him. And he was like, well, I thought I'd try this. Every time Cooper created a huge mess of just crash, bang, the world is coming to an end and dumped a container, I guarantee you he was not like, let's make a huge mess. He was like, I wonder what this does. And that's what happened. Now, I'm not saying girls don't do the same thing. I'm just saying in my experience, there is this action, this not thinking through things then I am glad that my children have lived through. Moms of little boys, we we get a real blessing because they go, Mommy, you're so pretty. And they love us. They really love us. When they're little, they just they just hold our hand and oh mommy, I love you. There's a real affection between little boys and their mamas. It's true. But they don't grow up to be like us because we're women. They are gonna look to their dad. Now I'm very thankful that I married Devin Mulder, who is a great example for our our boys that are gonna be men or our young men already. Ugh, gosh. <laughs> they're getting old. I remember saying to Devin one day, no pressure, but they're going to become you. I know I'm important in this equation. I know those boys need me, 
But those boys are going to become you. And I'm glad that they get the opportunity to watch their dad. We were at the river. I was very fortunate to marry into a family that has a place on the Muskegon River here in um, in Muskegon, Michigan. It's a beautiful river. And there, it's just a trailer. And we put our camper on this piece of property. But it's really a sanctuary. It's what we call home. And uh, my boys have been swimming in that river, playing in that river since they could toddle around, you know. (laughs) And um, Tucker was not yet three, so he was between his second and third year. So he turns three in November, so probably two and a half. And Devin had him and was holding him in the river. And Devin's like, we're going to swim, Tuck. We're going to swim. I've got you. I've got you. Now, as a mom, it's hard to see your little baby because at two, you haven't decided that they're growing up yet. You know, I don't, I, there was my little baby in the water and it's a powerful thing of water. And my husband's a great swimmer and used to be a lifeguard, but you know, I got a little nervous and then Tucker was screaming, you know, he was scream crying. He was scared. He was scared. And I was sitting by my mom and my mother-in-law and Tucker's wailing and carrying on. I'm sad. And then, and I was, I was nervous. I was nervous for my little Tucker for my, and I just, I said, Dev, you know, I, I called out to him and I said, you know, I was going to say, you know, you need to stop that. And his mom and my mom were kind of joining in. We're like, Devin, you know, he's crying. He's scared. He's scared. And Devin just pointed his finger at all of us. We happened to be in the same place. And he goes, that's my son. And you know what I know what happened? Devin swam downriver with our little... At 10 minutes, Tucker was laughing and just enjoying life. I realized at that moment that I don't have to run this ship. I have a great partner in the man who is named Devin. And I also realized that Tucker laughing, what he, the lesson he learned at that moment is, oh, daddy's here. I don't need to be afraid. And don't I believe that? Don't I believe that daddy can keep my baby safe? I sure do. And Tucker's, Tucker really has not been a fearful kid since that moment. He learned that, oh, I was afraid, daddy was here, and wow, did I have a good time after that fearful moment. <laughs> Devin knows what it's like to be a boy. I don't. So I need to defer to my husband about what it's like to be a boy and needing to explore and needing to see things. There's this wrestling thing that happens in my house. I don't love it, okay? I especially don't love it now that they're all big and muscular and it sounds like, you know, WWE up in the room. But there's some wrestling thing that they they do. They've always done it. They've always wrestled together. It's sort of a thing. I don't know when it will happen that Devin will lose the wrestle match. It'll be a really hard, sad day. But Devin and the boys love to wrestle. And it used to bother me so much. I'm like, oh, gosh, they're wrestling and I can't handle it. And they're just hitting each other. And oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And you know what I do? I now just kind of leave the room or I go outside or I do something because it is a part of who they are. That's just a part of my boys. The chunk of boy that God gave Devin and Amy need to wrestle. So even though people end up crying and get mad and all that kind of stuff and testosterone runs amok, I have given space for that in our home. I don't love the the statement 
boys will be boys. Boys will be boys gives a pass for young boys to behave badly. Of course, boys will be boys, so you can treat a woman wrongly. Or boys will be boys. You don't have to talk out your talk out anything. You can just be quiet. Or boys will be boys. Of course, you'll just go to work and not care about being with your family. Boys will be boys has really imprisoned men for a long time. And I have a very masculine group of guys. My husband's masculine. But there's no toxicity in his masculinity. You know, if you come into my house and you see the beautiful crafted uh, lamps and you see the ball jar chandelier with beautiful live edge wood. My husband made those. He's extremely, extremely crafty. He's, he's, he's a craftsman of, of sorts, you know, kind of a, and he fixes things and he, he just adds so much to our home. And it's not about him going, I'm the authority here. I'm the man. That's toxic. Devin and I, he knew who he married, and we have tried to be partners from the first moment, from the first time we looked across and locked eyes and thought maybe we should go out. There was no question that we would be in a marriage where we're both submitting to God and submitting to each other, and we don't need to declare an authority except for the Lord. We don't really worry about who's in charge and I'm, I think part of the reason that that's so important is because we are raising young men and we want them to have partnerships too. We don't want them to be like, well, I, God gave me a penis, so that means I make all the decisions. You know, it's harder to decide things in partnership. And I want those boys that are going to be men, that are going to be in, in society, I want them to see people working together that are very different. The Me Too movement really caused me to think about how many times I have sidestepped being treated not correctly. I'm a pastor, so I'm in a male-dominant field. Sometimes I am not... Um, Given the respect that I truly deserve, sometimes I am told to shut up in meetings. Sometimes I am not given the right thing. And Devin sometimes gets frustrated with that more than I do because in our ministry, as we have led Breakwater Church of the Nazarene, we have never, I really mean this, we may fight about who does the laundry and financial stress and that kind of stuff, but we have never fought over who's in charge here because that's a toxic masculinity thing. When Devin wins, I win. When I win, Devin wins. We're in this thing together. The Me Too movement is really important because, and I know one of my goals in raising these young men is that they will not ever disparage or look at a woman as a pri- as a prize to be won or look at a woman as I need to dominate this woman and not but not be violent to get their way or not have violence be an answer to them in any way and so here is this here's all this energy that God has given Devin and I to parent here's all this energy And we want them to be godly young men. We know that boys need space. Kids need space. So we limit their screen time not to say no to screens, but to say yes to outdoors and playing in the mud and going fishing and riding your bike. And we chose to live, and we're 
privilege to live because sometimes you cannot make that choice in a safe neighborhood where they can ride their bikes, go to the the convenience store, get an ice cream cone. Like there is, there is a life here where they can just run amok and we'll be here for you at home with snacks. We want them to do chores. We want them to know that part of life is, is helping people. We want them to go help their grandmas, not for any kind of payment, but because you are a molder. We help our family. We want them to be kind to their little girl cousins, not because it looks like good for us when they're kind, but because that's your family and you you can be a protector. We want them to be worker bees because in life you must work really, really hard and mom and dad work hard and we want you to work as hard as you can. But we don't want you to work so much that you don't enjoy the one life, the precious thing God has given you. Boys, you were created to be male. And I celebrate that my boys are male. And they that means that they're going to run up a tree. And that means they're going to make mistakes. And that means they're going to hit too hard. And that means, I don't know, that means you may meet some neighbors because your youngest, your middle child hit them with a stick or something because it got out of hand and you got to deal with all of that. But I want them to have the freedom to know that God created them to be explorers, to be adventurers. But you also have to work. You also have to help. In a recent conversation, Devins brought the boys together and he said, you know what? Your mom is not your maid. She's not your servant. You will pick up after yourself. That is your job. We are all in this together and we're going to do it all together. And that made me feel good as a wife, but it made me feel good for these men. These, these young men are not being raised to be served, to be coddled, to give, have everything given to them. God calls us all to submit to him, to not be worried about our position, our status, our authority, but to surrender to the living God who created us to make us better. So we do ask these young men to spend time praying, to spend time in the word, and we expect them to do that. And now we've had like some attitude, like, did you, have you done your devotions? Oh, dad, why are you asking me? And I know there's some controversy over, over if you force kids to do devotions, are they really going to know the Lord? But we're just trying to give them the practices that we have seen that have made our life full of holiness, full of joy. One thing we've decided to do is the summer before, the summer after each boy turns 13, they go on a, out, a backcountry outdoor hiking trip with their dad. Just Devin and the boy. We've only done it once because we have a 14-year-old. But one of the goals is that they know that their dad took time to be with them and that you can do hard stuff. You can hike 10 miles a day and survive and be with your dad and have stories and know that you finished what you started. It occurs to me that if I'm a hypocrite about what I believe about Jesus, if there is any shade of hypocrisy in me as I go on this faith journey, that my three sons will not believe anything I've said about the Lord, will not trust the Lord, and will feel like the foundation of their entire lives have been shaken. So part of the thing about raising these young men 
to be men and not boys, is saying, please examine my faith journey. God is mystery. God loves your questions. And God will not let you down. One of the things we hear boys will be boys about a lot is sexual encounters. There's just a given that you're going to have sex someday and it may end. It should just be with somebody that you find and have that first time be over. And, you know, by some miracle of the Lord, not to brag, but just to say, Devin and I were each other's first. We got married when he was 22 and I was 27 and we, we have only had sex with each other. It's a great testimony to God's hand on our lives and also God's calming us down so it didn't happen. It's a wonderful thing to have that story for my children because I can say to them, your dad, the one you think let the sun out every morning, the most masculine guy around, your dad waited for me. This boys will be boys thing shouldn't be that men are just led around by their sexual desire or their lust or they're just, that's all that men are. Why would we, why would I say that to my young men, my boys that I want to be men? I'd say, well, you're great. You're smart. You, you, you can do all these Lego sets. I'm so impressed with you, dude. But when you get to be a certain age, you're just going to be about that sexual drive because you're going through puberty. So we just let go. And, you know, hopefully you'll come back to being a nice man of character, you know, someday. But just give yourself over to that sexual desire because, you know, there's really no hope for you living life in a holy, beautiful way. The reason I've said to my boys, and I, I, I don't, I hope they make this decision. I've said, you know, sex has a lot of power, and I hope you wait until marriage because it's so much less complicated. And it's also the reason why God puts so many rules around sex that he wants it to be is because, not because he wants you to, to, to follow a bunch of list of rules and regulations and this is the way things are. But God puts rules around sex because it's very powerful and it has the power to upseat you and cause your life to be really difficult. I hope they wait. But whatever choice they make, they don't get to just go have their way with women and say boys will be boys. They don't get to disengage with their family because as a man, you know, you, that isn't important for you to do. And I'm not a guy. I'm a proud woman who's very strong and direct and gets penalized for that strength a lot. I just want these boys to know that I truly see the image of God in you, my sons. My sons, I see the image of God in you. My 14-year-old has gotten snarky lately. And in the middle of that snarkiness, I have said to him, You're not going to be the kind of young man that yells at his mom. And we've worked through that and it really hasn't happened that much since that moment because what I was saying to him is I expect more from you and that's okay because as much hormones and testosterone you have through you, that does not have to upseat the character and who God is calling you to be. I don't really have any answers for this. I'm still on this journey, but I'm going to tell you what I look forward to. I look forward to the day when 
everybody that is taller than me. And one of them comes home and says, Mom, you'll never guess what adventure I went on. Or Mom, do you know what opportunity I just got? Or Mom, there's this girl. Or Mom, I mean, I can't wait to go on the ride. But these these young men, they're growing. They don't need me to cuddle them. They need me to be there cheering them on. And then every once in a while, even now, my son, who is so much taller than me, will stoop down and hug me. And the hug will linger because even men need a hug from their mama. This is the authentic mama saying, we're raising men here, not boys. God, give us the strength to call our boys to holiness, to adventure, to joy, And never forget that they are created in your image. As we talk about raising men, not boys, just remember that as parents, one of the hardest things we have to do is we have to think about how intentional we're going to be, what we're going to teach, and what our dreams for the future are without pressing expectations upon our children to have them be molded in our image. So as we continue on this raising men, not boys journey or raising women, not girls journey, just remember that um, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, train a child in the way they should go. And that's one of the most important things that we listen to God as we look at these little images of God and let God take them on the glorious path he has marked off as we cheer from the side and watch them grow up. This is Amy Mulder, the Authentic Mama, saying join me next week as I talk to him about control. But just remember, parenting sometimes sucks, and we all need Jesus. Jesus.